0: Hello everybody, it's Kateri and Owen and welcome to the Soothsayer's D feature episode
1: just so quickly. <laughs> I
0: did it's because I'm getting so used to it now I'm, I'm a professional. professional. So did I
1: when you said a hi it's Kateri I was like i Owen I'm here too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I also exist uh yeah. yeah this is going to be an episode on activism.
1: Vak. Act, not activism, not Act- activism either. That's a Act- whole other
0: that, That's a whole other thing. <laughs> now we're going to be talking about activism and especially in witchcraft spaces and such um, because it's kind of I don't want to say go without saying but it's kind of a, a theme I find with a lot of people who are practitioners. A, a lot of the them party. yeah, there's a lot of overlap there between activists and practitioners. Um, I think that practitioners in general are very much so individuals who like to take control of their own destiny and life so it kind of it fits well
1: yeah and I think even historically like witchcraft and activism are very very intertwined with each other and I think a fall a falling a fall short sure whatever of um you wouldn't believe that I am actually incredibly good at English would you from these episodes like I I like English I did so well at that shit in school. I my, my I used the word scholastic in general conversation the other day, but um,
0: you are the goodest at English.
1: Thank you, thank you. Yes, I am. I'm the goodestest. I'm even the bestest. Oh, Wait, that's a word. The bestest. Bestest. No, it's not. Oh my god. I don't know. Um, but I find a fall short. That is not a shortfall. Oh my god. Okay. You
0: fell short.
1: Yes, a F-E-L-L. lot of
0: <laughs> Oh,
1: a lot of a lot of witches and a lot of people in these online spaces tend to sort of get into activism because they think that they should, which I agree they should, um, especially with the history of this like practice. And when I say this practice, I mean this practice. Every single witchcraft practice has activism roots. Um especially folk magic. But Mm -hmm. I find a lot of people will get into it because they feel like they need to and they feel like other people expect them to. And in when you're getting into activism for those reasons, you are not going to be a good activist.
0: No. And I think that's honestly, I know this is going to be something. This might be a little controversial, but anything that becomes trendy becomes watered down. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you are getting into activism because it's trendy, um, you're not going to give it the full for a lack of a better word. You're not going to give it the full justice it needs. And I think the reason why is that, and really the big theme of this episode, is that people try to go too big with it.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely. People will, instead of doing something that's actually helpful to minorities or to the, the recipient of the activism, um, what they do is something performative that looks like it's going to be very, very good for this community. And then it's actually just like, if if it is even helpful it's minor minorly minorly helpful Mm -hmm. sure um or it's just straight-up performative activism
0: yeah and it it is we see a common when it comes to the trends when it comes to activism whenever like what new big bad is is that if you are only speaking up during these news cycle issues then you're just a drop in the ocean your voice is that again things need to be spoken about, especially really big um, things. I don't want to go into any very specifics, especially with a lot of tragedies that's happened in the United States recently, but Mm -hmm. let's just for the sake of concept, that's generally what we're talking about here. But what I'm getting at is that if you're only jumping in when it's a big news cycle, although those things need to be talked about, if you're not talking about any other time, then you're not really doing the proper justice to the situation because people get tired about hearing things and then it falls out of trend. And then it happens again because nobody cares about it because at that point, it's just the flavor of the week.
1: Yeah. Big, big, yep. And yeah, without getting into any specifics, this is a huge theme, especially (laughs) without getting into any specifics. For example, (laughs) we see it a lot with sort of the Ukraine situation. I think a lot of people jumped on board very, very quickly without doing their own research or without doing anything, without doing anything helpful. And they just added a little Ukrainian flag to their username and to their bio. And then they tweeted one news story in Ukrainian and kind of called it a day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the problem is, is that a lot of these people, again, I've had to, in my personal life, um, when it comes to the residential school situation, basically get a floodgates of support and almost felt like I had to perform because it was the hot ticket of the week mm-hmm. only to be kind of left in the dust when it's no longer in this news cycle.
1: Yep. Big so
0: being somebody who's kind of had the, that was affected by things like this. Um, it's not always the easiest to deal with when you're not directly involved. And that's where, if I want allies on my side, I want people who are in it for the long haul.
1: Mm-hmm. People who will talk about it when it's not being screened about all over social media. People who are trying to get it trending and people who are actually trying to help the people who have suffered these tragedies instead of people who are trying to benefit from these tragedies themselves and using this to sort of gain views or gain favor with people.
0: Yeah, and... This is where it's coming into is um, picking your battles, and when I say picking your battles, I don't mean it in a bad way. Is that it's about finding things that are important to you and sticking to your guns and making sure that you know as much about this situation so you can make a tangible effort, a tangible difference, not on a large scale because let's be realistic, it's not likely to happen, but. You're an
1: individual. Mm
0: -hmm. You're an individual. But who can you influence within your circle? And who can those people influence? And so forth. So like so on and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. Because I see a lot of people, they kind of get on their soapbox and it's always... um, I'll be very frank. They go on social media about it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that a lot of the things that we experience today and a lot of the movements we experience today does come from social media. And it's fantastic. But if that's the only thing you're doing, then you might be doing it for the wrong reasons how are you trying to influence the people around you as well
1: yeah and what I oh oh my god I'm choking um I think circling back around a little bit to that trying to change very very big things or systemic issues as an individual can sometimes be sort of a, not blissful ignorance but like hopeful Positivity. Oh my God! The, wishful the word, thinking. W- wishful. Thank you. Oh my God! It can sometimes be wishful thinking, but I also think a lot of the time it can be a little bit predatory. And what people will do is they will do the bare minimum to try and change the big bad, and then when it fails or nothing happens, they'll be like, "Well, it is a very big issue. Sorry, guys." And it can sort of be used to scapegoat in that way, and I do not like it. I think that it's it's kind of it gives me the ick. It definitely gives me the ick, and um, when people. Like, obviously, if you're trying to change things on a very large scale, like which you should be trying to do, um, you're not going to be able to change them overnight. And I think a lot of people will do something for a short period of time. And then when they think that they've like done it long enough for it to be socially acceptable to stop, they just stop. But I don't want to say real activism, but real activism is fighting this fight over and over every single day of your life, especially when people who have been fighting this fight for sometimes decades or hundreds of years have been doing this and it's still affecting them. You should be trying to do the most that you can to help these people, even when the issue doesn't directly affect you.
0: Right. And that comes into basically what is your reasoning for doing it, right? Because we see, at least I well, I say we see, I say I see, especially as a person of color, is that when I see a lot of activism online when it comes to Indigenous rights, um, it's often a non-Indigenous person talking over Indigenous people, right? Um, they're Big time. Yeah, and they're centering themselves because they're quote-unquote like fist on, on table. They're doing the right thing and they're going to talk over Indigenous people because Indigenous people are so traumatized and they can't be talking about their traumas. And it's always on this audience, It's always that they're speaking to an audience, they're standing there on their stage, their digital stage, and they're pontifying to the people. And that is so uncomfortable, because I have seen activists literally take word for word parrot indigenous words and change a little bit, make it their own. And you are absolutely because I'm going to get into some studies here in a second you do need to be able to, I got that. I got them science out. You are supposed to amplify indigenous um, voices. You are supposed to use that information again, to influence your circle. Your online following is not your fucking circle. Those are the people that you are getting clicks and likes from and attention from. You are not influencing anybody.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that that, um, well, people will say, what what people mean when they say uplift indigenous voices or uplift minority voices, they don't mean take these people's words out of their mouth and repeat them, um, because that is not uplifting their voice, that is uplifting your voice, um, and that is not what needs to be done. Centering yourself in these situations does not really help anybody, and using these situations to garner pity when it doesn't directly affect you is very, very gross.
0: Yeah, and that comes into again, if you care, and I'm using this indigenous people as an example, because it, again, directly affects me. If you see something that is happening to indigenous person or indigenous person is speaking up, you are to platform that you are to if we're looking at Twitter, for example, retweet that you are to introduce people to that. You're not to take those words out and be like, I'm so sad for the poor little red Indians, because they suffered so fucking much because that's what I hear all the time. And these are people that are considered like activists. These are people like, I'm going to fight for th- this poor little dirty red Indian. And it's like, that's what I'm seeing it. Anytime I see those types of activist work, because they're not there to, again, uplift the new voices. They're just there to say, hey, look what I'm doing for these poor, dirty people who have been stepped on. And it's gross. It's vile. Yeah, it really is. It is
1: absolutely vile and I deeply appreciate your opinion on this I am very grateful
0: yeah and just for, because they're not saying that directly trust me it's being read that way
1: yeah because that's that's what I wanted to talk about a lot of the time the it won't be as direct as that um but that is what that is what they're saying it may not necessarily that is what that is the byproduct of what they're saying oh my god these yeah. words are not coming out of my mouth no list, I, I, I get what you're saying,
0: like. And I'll I'll, I'll be frank, like I'll see it in in, um, academic spaces with like, oh, I noticed that there's no like Jewish people here. And what's that all about? And it's just like, well, maybe you should talk to Jewish people and find out instead of making this huge announcement to your social media following of how you noticed that there was no people of color here. You noticed that there was no trans people here and you're fighting for them. Get like sit down. (laughs) sit down sarah like relax
1: this is not fighting for these people this is just this is making yourself look good yeah and that's huge i think that is one of the biggest problems that activism in all areas of life faces people trying to make themselves look good people trying to grit
0: yeah and with that being said i don't want anybody to feel like if you've caught yourself doing this or you're looking back you're like oh shit i'm doing this does this make you a bad person no It does not in any way, shape, or form, but what it does make you is that you are a victim to the media concept of saving because when it comes to saviorism and I'm not just saying white saviorism, I'm just saying saviorism in general. If we take a look at our media, when it comes to our stories, our TV shows or movies, there's always that one main character that swoops in and fixes everything. And We only know what our brains, how our brains work and what our experiences are. So we're kind of the main character of our own story. The problem is, is that it's kind of pulling yourself out of your own head and out of your own ass and realizing that there is actually fully realized people out there. And it's not all just about you and what you can do for people. It's what you can do to help people live just a little easier in this goddamn world
1: just just a little bit just a tiny little bit and um i think a lot of the time online when we talk about activism we talk about american activism um and obviously we should because america is a very troubled place um and then usually i would say second to that would be european activism as a whole um, and not so much individual countries and their own systemic issues um, what i find a lot happen is a lot of European activists, and I say European in the general sense because I see this all over Europe and even the rest of the world in general, like Australia and Asia and other countries like this. Um, we tend to focus a lot on America when our own countries have issues. And I think America has become the scapegoat, I think, for a lot of our problems and issues. A lot of countries will bl- blame America when these issues existed before America, because America is not that old, guys. Um, And I see it a lot. I see it a lot with people not educating themselves on their own country's issues and problems and sort of having a perfect image of their own country. Like, yes, they will acknowledge that there are some issues, but they don't really realize the extent of these issues. And um, like even in terms of abortion and gay rights in Ireland, those are very recent things. Um, and there is still a lot of stigma um, so, like, for example, being gay, I will talk about what I know, being a gay or an LGBTQ plus person in Ireland, it is legally allowed. Yes, good job, you can get married. I don't believe that um, non-binary gender identities are recognised. Um, name changing is relatively easy and cheap, relatively, compared to other countries and compared to America. But the social stigma surrounding these people and these issues and being non-binary or using even like non-traditional pronouns or being non-heterosexual being any kind of different is very very difficult you will definitely there are a lot of areas where you it's where it's not safe to express this about yourself Um, i personally grew up in a very low-income area in a a very sort of dodgy area i don't know if that word is used the same way it is in ireland outside of places but sort of sort of dodgy that's all grimy that is the word that me and my friends have used to describe it grimy um and I know that there are areas where certain views are held that are harmful to me and it would not be safe for me to be like I guess flamboyant or even a little bit even a little bit gay, just slightly less than acting straight, which if any of you know me or have seen me, that is not something that you will be familiar with. My straight sona. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Straight
0: sona, I love
1: it. um, I wore sunglasses last summer and we joked that my straight sona was called Kevin. Um, It was a whole thing, but there's just, there's certain areas like, okay, for a specific example, I, this Halloween, if any of you are familiar with Shameless, the TV show, um me and my best friend went as frank and monica gallagher i was monica and she was frank just because it was hilarious and we were you know in the center of the city and we went to the pubs and stuff and i got in for free because i was wearing a wig and a dress which was hilarious but we then walked home um where we i i I want to talk about this but i'm being very careful not to say place names right now um and we were walking through a housing estate that is mostly social housing. And I don't necessarily want to get into the systemic issues surrounding uh, lower income people and their political views and all of these other issues um, that the like, lower income people face. It's
0: complicated. It's a, yeah, it's a lot for one podcast. It's a lot.
1: This could be an entire podcast in and of itself. But the sort of stigma and stuff like this, it would not have been safe for me. I changed. By the way, I tucked my dress into my jeans and I took off my wig and put on a very large jacket because that was safe for me. It would not have been safe, and I can guarantee this for me to walk through this estate or this area of where I live. I almost said the name. Um in a dress and a wig. Now, I'm not even like I'm not even someone who necessarily dresses in a gender non-conforming way. I do occasionally, depending on where I am, but that is not necessarily something that it would be safe for me to do in public. And this was, I was going somewhere with this and I've ended up telling a very long story, but yes, okay, so instead of focusing on this, okay, I remember now, I actually, for once in my life, have found my train of thought. Um, instead of focusing on these issues and making it safe for people like me or people who are in any way different um, to exist in public, we focus on American issues or global issues, and I think yep. that is a very, very big problem in Europe. And I think a lot of Europeans will agree with me or call me an idiot. I don't really care. We move, um,
0: but yeah, no, I'm- it's it's it is true because, like, as a Canadian, I very, 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 very familiar with Americanization up here. Oh and yeah, there is a lot of uh, distraction. I don't watch the news for that main reason is because it's um, just a golden example of things that kind of go under Canada's nose. It was in um, a couple weeks ago, in May, mid May um, the Supreme court of Canada um, just issued a major decision um, basically saying criminal defendants in cases involving insult, including sexual assault can now use a defense known as self-induced extreme intoxication. So basically they can if they can prove that they were too intoxicated to control their actions they can possibly avoid conviction
1: i don't know why but i have seen this um, and i think that that is absolutely insane I'm i don't think
0: sorry. should think anything it just is right yeah but this was happening around the same time um that there was big news happening in the states about abortion rights and that's everybody wanted to talk about up here And we don't have any issues with abortion, um, like federal abortion rights. We have issues with access in certain provinces, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And that is what we need to be focusing on. But people were so caught up about the possible decision that's happening in the states that things like this went completely under the radar.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We actually had something very similar recently in like regards to abortion rights. So the repeal, like the Eighth Amendment of the Irish Constitution, I think. Oh, my God, I'm definitely using the wrong words here. Um, I think it was the Eighth Amendment of the Irish Constitution was repealed um, allowing abortion. And in Ireland, uh, like that happened, I think, two or three years ago. Yeah, three years ago, I think it was. But we are not a very large country. Okay, first of all, we're not a very large country. But I believe only one in 10 GPs and one in 10 like clinics um, actually offer these services and are educated on these services. So access is still a very, very large issue. The, like it's now legal, but that does not mean that it's still, that it happens and that it is easy for it to, for people to access. And with the abortion thing, <laughs> the abortion thing happening in America, people were talking about that over here all the time. And I was like, guys, Guys, we we are also not having access to abortion very easily. and um, obviously not to the extent that it is in the states in some places now, but we still struggle hugely with abortion access, and no one is really talking about it. Yeah. So I, I can, yeah.
0: And that's the thing. Like, I want to make it very clear. Um, America is a superpower when it comes to media, and what happens in the state does have a trickle down effect. I don't want to set the expectation and say like, whatever happens in America, it doesn't matter. No, it does matter. But on the flip side of the coin is that we have issues in our own areas. And if you are American, it's actually can be just as small as what's happening in your local jurisdiction, right? Because some states have completely different laws from one state to the next. Um, so what I really want to get at when it comes to this episode is that what can you do? And I think one of the issues, and it's not the issue, but one of the issues is that people only react when it becomes too late (laughs) or it becomes a big news story, right? Mm -hmm. And that comes into what I said earlier is basically finding what you care about and sticking to your guns. Because with everything I said, I don't want everybody to think that, okay, well, I don't wanna step on any toes or I don't wanna make it about me. I'm just gonna put my hands in my pockets and not do anything. No, you still want to have that fire in you when it comes to the concept of fairness and law and justice, um, especially towards minorities, uh, towards um, like abortion rights, et cetera, et cetera. But you want to make sure you're doing it in a way that is effective. And often when it comes to effective work, it's starting little. And a lot of people don't realize that there is so much power in starting little. You can make the significant amount of difference and damage when you start local.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the arguments that people will have for um, things like this is they will say that activism, I think, okay, slight tangent uh, accessibility in activism. I think because a lot of people, the way that it's port- activism is portrayed in media is these very big, big things. A lot of people with sort of smaller smaller followings are just individuals themselves using social media, not as creators, don't really feel like they can do a lot. And no. that is not true. you uh, one person cannot necessarily make a huge difference. There are, of course exceptions, but one person cannot make a huge difference. But when one person is trying to make a small difference, And 100 people are trying to make a small difference and 100,000 people try to make a small difference. That's a big difference.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And there's power in these numbers. And I know that you think that just because you are one person that you won't really add much to these numbers. But one person is still one more person. It's still one more vote. It's still one more form or petition signed. It's still one more dollar donated to a cause that's important to you. Even if it doesn't seem like a lot to you, it all adds up. If one if 100 people donate $100, well, sorry, if 100 people donate $1 to a cause, that's $100. I don't know why yeah. I'm talking dollars. I, this is Americanization. I've Americanized myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no, it's true. And I don't want anybody to think, again, when it comes to those kind of like big activists kind of um, or like social media accounts and things like that, there's nothing wrong with it my issue is, is that when everybody tries to be one of those big activist accounts, (laughs) right. Um, You're not really doing anybody any favors because at that point you're chasing the social media. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're at that. Well, at that point, you're, you're just like anybody else. You're social, you're chasing the influencer game Mm -hmm. instead of actually doing anything. Um, Basically if you start off on these social media um, platforms, And if it develops into something fantastic, great. But if that's the only work that you're doing, like the amount of work that I do in my local community, I do a lot of it. And a lot of people don't realize that I do because I don't talk about it. I don't blast it all over the place. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not because honestly, I just, I don't think about it because I don't care about people viewing me as some sort of savior or some sort of like, Oh, look, Kateri is such a fantastic person because she takes care of this. It's like, no, 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 no. It doesn't matter to me that. Um, I find it funny when people say that it's so tacky when you talk about giving like a homeless person, a $5 bill or you record it and post it and pat yourself on the back. But then we see it with activist work all the time.
1: Yeah absolutely um <clears throat> i think that that is another kind of problem within activism people will do something to say that they can that, to say that they have done it they will do it so that they can pretend that they are a good person or an activist when in, they should be doing it because of tragedies that are happening to these people or because of mistreatment or systemic issues that people are facing and it's just it's yeah it's a little bit gross if your motivations for activism were like that sure you might be doing good but if doing good is not your main intent then that's kind of sucky and I know that like the end result is what important the good that was done is what matters but it's a slippery slope between doing something because it feels good and then or not because it feels good because it looks good and then leaving that thing because it no longer looks good Necessarily. Yeah. It's no longer gaining you this clout or this fame. And these kind of activists are very tricky because they're very. There's a term for this and it's escaping me like every other term for everything.
0: Disingenuous.
1: Yeah, it's disingenuous, but it's like there's a metaphor, like a light, like someone who comes in and out of things very quickly. Fair weather? Yes, a fair weather activist. Fair weather activists can suck my active ass because honestly. <laughs> <laughs> that is not helpful i appreciate that you are trying to help but you are not doing anything in the long run and that kind of sucks
0: yeah and it, it sounds like we're like shitting on these people and the reality is, is that we're not trying to it's just that we do see they kind of pick things up and drop it quite a bit especially when they announce themselves i'm an activist i was just like oh, okay what are you activating then um because They don't really have a set answer on things, really. I would much rather be somebody who does activist work than announcing myself as an activist because I don't care about titles. Mm -hmm. And again, there is value in these these types of activists because they do get the word out there, right? But I feel like what we're missing is the soldiers on the ground. Not everybody can be generals. There we go. Mm-hmm. There's a good analogy. Everybody wants to be a leader, but nobody actually wants to do the work involved.
1: Absolutely, 100%. And even I, in the past, like that kind of extends to me as well um, in certain things that I've done. I tend to, um, a lot of my sort of activist friends are online and a lot of them are based in America. And so a lot of the sort of online activism that you will see from me is based in america and that is that is good i guess on some level like i am doing something but the problems in my own country is something that i do not really address so much in my social media it's more something that i will it's more something that i do in real life like i protest in real life and i do i do petitions like there's certain groups in my area that i do help out with um that i don't really post about so much on social media and I guess if I'm in the position that I'm am as a very small content creator, I should be in, on some level advertising this so that I can get the word out to people. But it's, it's tricky because I, it's not something that really crosses my mind. Like this is one of my own, like, I guess, fall shorts, shortfalls. Why do I keep saying that? I said that, was that this episode of the Tarot Talk? No, it was this one. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, short, one of my own shortfalls, I guess, would be Shortcoming, shortcoming thank you oh my god <laughs> an hour later oh my god
0: <laughs> I'm just gonna like I'm going to title this episode like activist work and then in brackets Owen figures out English
1: Owen figures out English yes Owen learns English for the first time <laughs> um one of I guess like my own shortcomings in that that's something that I need to work on I am because when I think of activism when it comes to my social media I almost always go American like Line three, or sort of the like international issues that Romani people face, or Irish travelers. I guess I do talk a little bit about Irish travelers, but like, I I'm not focusing on the right thing. That is, like, those are good causes, but there's nothing necessarily that I can do big time to help more than I'm doing, and it's sort of a a, a cheat. I'm sort of yeah. cheating in that way. I'm doing something easy to make myself look good, yeah. Um, instead of promoting the things that I'm actually doing and that I actually not that I actually care about because I do care deeply about these issues but words you know it's, what I'm trying to say no and I really think where
0: I'm going with this I think what I'm getting at is that all that stuff is well and dandy and it's great but what else are you doing
1: yeah exactly
0: right because I find that how can I say it when I see some activists on social media and that's only. like it's every day it's something new and something fresh and something it's like where's your focus where's your focus at this point because at this point it just feels like i'm looking at the next instagram influencer i'm waiting for the sponsorships to show up at this point because mm-hmm. at that point they're turning out content and i think that for us we're semi i say semi i'm maybe like midi Content creators, we have a concept of how algorithms work, and if I were to go out to every protest and take a selfie of myself, or take have somebody take a picture of myself doing something badass to post, Mm -hmm. then why am I not? Why is it just me, 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 me? Why is there a bunch of photos of me everywhere? Like, why are we not posting about the people that we're supposed to be championing about? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like. That's where I have thoughts on it. And again, I don't want anybody to feel like I'm shitting on them because I'm not, I'm really not trying to, what I'm trying to reach out to is the people who are not either capable or not interested in that quote unquote general type role, because there's nothing wrong with that role. I'm just hoping that the people have the right concept and the right purity to be able to be in that role. Because unfortunately, not everybody is i would say it's
1: retrograde retrograde the time where you want to be using the word purity right now is that where you want is that is that when i
0: say purity yeah that's fair (laughs) when i say purity purity chess you have to follow this like okay here's like a 10 point questionnaire to see if you're good enough for this i don't mean purity but you know i mean like are they doing it for the right reasons is what i'm getting at because Um, and I'm the reason why I'm choosing my words i'm carefully, because again, I am in the activist scene and I would say a good 90% of the activists in my city are fantastic. It's that 10% where you, you can see it a mile away. Right. Yeah. Um, if you think you're in that 10%, don't come for me. Just question yourself at this point, frankly. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, absolutely. what I do want to discuss though, is that what can you do? Because again, I think as we said earlier, especially being, like what we'll to say witches for the sake of simplicity being witches is that basically fighting for what's right fighting for justice is very much so twined in the witchcraft especially folk practices um where a lot of it was going against um like colonial slave... yeah colonialism when we say colonialism we're not talking about like we're talking about like slave drivers um i know that hoodoo was a big thing for that um coming over um romani magic things like that so it's always been kind of really intertwined, um, especially in women's rights and such. And so the question is that, okay, what can I do on a little scale? And the thing is, is that start little. Start with your circle of influence, your friends and your family. And with that thing-
1: small that circle of influence is. Because even if you have a small circle of influence, influencing those around you, Means that they will then influence those around them. And even if that is small, if many, many people start to do this, that's a lot of people.
0: Yeah. And with that being said, we understand people have are in situations, especially family wise, where it's not always the most like helpful and successful. Um, Or even safe. Or even safe. And this is where we're getting at don't necessarily, you don't have to fight for yourself. And This is where, when I said earlier, when I see, again, in my example, um, non-people of color speaking over and above people of color online, when it comes to your circle of influences, this is where you need to speak up. And the reason why is because this is where it is science and it's been proven that in the case of, for example, men... And I'm going to preface this with not all men so people can shut their hole. But oh, my
1: God. I'm just going to say
0: this. I'm going to say this right now. And I'm not saying it because I believe in it. I'm saying it because I want to shut you up. So anyway, not all men, hashtag. So <laughs> anyway, um, so men are actually more successful on persuading other men on women's rights than women are.
1: Science, yes.
0: It's Is it gross? Yes. Is it something that if you are um, masculine or let's just say for the sake of simplicity, a cishet male, you actually have the power to convince your friends, your mates about things that you care about that don't directly affect you like women's rights, like trans rights, like abortion rights, like Mm -hmm. indigenous rights. People will listen to people like them. Yeah. They won't listen to the quote unquote other. So you can actually make a significant amount of influence within your circle if somebody makes an off-color joke. You can be like, uh, "I don't think that's funny." Mm-hmm. That's where your influence starts, and that's an example. And I'm not again hashtag not all men. I'm not picking on the men here. I'm saying that as if you are a straight person, if you are a like cisgender person, if you are um, a young woman, like it doesn't matter. If you have the opportunity to stand up for some another group to your in-group without making it about you, that is actually going to make a significant amount of changes
1: yeah. in this world. And I think one of the big reasons behind that as well is if the only people who you were seeing talk about something and when it comes to activism or even anything are people that you do not necessarily relate with or who are not directly related to you you can distance yourself from it and you can pretend that it's not happening and it's why it is so important if you as a person who has privilege of any kind I oh, hold on it is very important if you as a person you um, as a person with privilege okay no you said it right i did, I did. <laughs> um it is so important for you to stand up for those who don't and it doesn't really necessarily matter if you are lacking privilege in certain areas if you are minoritized minoritized in some sense that does not mean that you do not have to stand up for others who where you have privilege in situations where you have privilege and they do not um i know that that is not always the easiest thing to do um but at the end of the day and i know that this is a very easy thing to say if you are friends with someone who does not respect a group that is struggling that you are sort of advocating for, maybe it's time to them? reevaluate your friendships. And I know that that is something that is very easy to say and very hard to do in practice. Like I have, I have friends, sort of, who will <laughs> still say the word faggot, and to me that doesn't necessarily bother me, and so sometimes I will let it slide. Because that is not a word that I would necessarily... Like, obviously, I almost said that's not a word I would necessarily consider a slur. No, that is a word that is 100% a slur, but it's not one that has been used against me in a very negative way. It is a word that I have been called by straight people who are my friends, jokingly. And I should not really necessarily, I guess, be accepting this because it is a slur and I am not... I do not speak for the entire LGBTQ plus community. Um, just because I'm okay with it does not mean that other people are. And so the way the conversations that I would have with them would be sort of, okay, you can't say that. You can say it to me specifically because I do not care, but you need to not be saying that to other people or even in front of other people, because that is sort of creating, if you were saying like, okay, this is an example I have had a friend in the past who was incredibly homophobic. I was not aware of their homophobia until one of my friends, who is not homophobic and is very accepting of me as a gay person, called me a faggot. And I, as a joke, I considered this to be funny, but this opened up this space for this person who did hold these views negatively um, to sort of be homophobic around me. And I was just kind of sitting there like, hold on a second, when did you think that this was okay? And so that is this—that is what happens when you don't shut down this behavior straight away. It will spread and it will spread and it will spread and it will not stop spreading. And then we have an issue.
0: Yeah. And I don't have it in front of me right now, but I've definitely read. Um, I'm just, again, we make it very clear where our political stance lands here. Uh, if you're a Nazi piece of shit, fuck off. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to alt-right um, kind of recruitment ta- tactics, um, there's actually like manifestos out there, um, where they call it, um, again, don't quote me on this because I don't have fun of me, but they call it like hiding their power level, where they will make friends with people and they it's very, very, very extremely clear that they start with jokes. They're like slipping jokes. If they laugh, right, then you can start easing them in to more intense conversations, philosophical question um, like Questions and conversations about like, hey, is the white male like losing their power? And then it escalates and escalates. And because it's your quote unquote friend, at that point, at that point, you're accepting a lot of things that are straight up neo-Nazi horseshit.
1: Yeah, right. Because they're your friend, you're more likely to accept it, and that works both ways, which is I think is what we're trying to say here. Yes like people do this and so you can you can do it in reverse you can reverse do this
0: (laughs) you can reverse engineer like influencing people that way and that's where i really wanted to get to the point with this um episode is that how can you make influences in your life around you and it's just little things it's just like it starts it's not about because a lot of people think that activism and justice work is just exploding out and being like I'm for this and I'm for that and you can't say this around me and you can't say that around me and it's like yes that is very important but if you want to change people's minds you actually have to come in methodical and slow and start twisting like the narrative a little bit that hey it's not acceptable to say slurs just because I'm not freaking out, mad at you about it doesn't mean that I like it,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I wouldn't. And again, that comes to being a good friend too, because you have to have a level of reciprocity, or like you have to be able to reciprocate there. Because if they're like, "Oh well, we're friends, we're mates," like you know, I'm just joking. It's like, yeah, but I wouldn't joke about your breakup, right? <laughs> and then you I this, would, I know, but <laughs> but or like some for example, like what's something that really hurt them, right? Like you would.
1: I wouldn't joke about your parents dying.
0: Yeah, exactly. Which is like, awesome. But you would pull it in a way that you can connect with these people, right? And that's mm-hmm. what I mean by starting, starting small. When you start small, you can kind of influence your friend group to make changes. Because I think that when you're not in an activist spaces, I think that the general like kind of ideas that everybody has a lot of biases including myself growing up and I had to be influenced out of them and I didn't get influenced out of them by reading angry tweets. I got influenced out of them by being surrounded by really good people that pulled me out of this. Mm -hmm. Right. And sorry, go ahead. No. And with that being said, and the thing is, is that it, you are almost required as a good person on this earth to continue that legacy. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I would like to give an example that I would like to see for Irish people specifically that are listening to this podcast, even though I'm, we need to look at the Spotify statistics. I want to see how many Irish people actually listen to this podcast, but this, this happened. You can do this internationally too. If you're not in Ireland, I would still appreciate you if you did this Mm -hmm. in Ireland, there is a lot. And I mean, a lot to this day of stigma and racism directed at Irish travelers um, and, I, and I mean this in all, this exists in all generations. This exists systemically. It is a very, very large issue that not many people are talking about in the way that they should be. And I mean this even to the example that today, quite literally today, I was in a shopping place, a shop, I was in a shop um, and I was with someone who I'm sort of friends with, sort of not, like just one of my acquaintances basically. And there was a traveler family also doing their shopping, and one of the children was running around and being noisy. And this person's reaction to that was to say, I hate traveler children. And I was like, whoa, let's take a deep breath real quick. That is not how you're going to bond with me in this scenario. Do not say this as if I'm going to agree with you and be like, oh, yeah, traveler children, the worst. No. No. Let's talk about the systemic issues in Ireland and let's raise awareness for the systemic issues in Ireland that travellers face. And that the travelling community is forced into the situations that they are forced into in terms of living in poverty, which almost all of them do because they are not allowed to exist. They are basically the, like socially, they are incredibly, incredibly distanced and isolated from the main sort of social majority. And they are treated like literal shit by the government and the people of Ireland. And we need to address this. There are some amazing, <clears throat> oh my God. There are some amazing travelers out there who are spreading the word for this. And it should not be entirely up to the, <clears throat> oh okay. my God. Think, think of how much you would all hear me cough if I didn't meet myself when I wasn't talking. <laughs> um, all, there are incredibly, incredibly, incredible Sure. Whatever. There are a lot of travelers out there talking about this um, and raising awareness for this, and people aren't really listening to them. And I think a great example of this is, I think, her name on Twitter is Rosemary McGohan. Um, I will send this link to Kateri, the, the link to her Twitter profile, so that you can go follow her. And also, I believe it's the Traveling Lawyer, is their name. Um, I will I will find it and I will send it to Kateri, and it will be linked below. But these are two very very important voices who are constantly raising issues um, and talking about the issues that Irish travelers face. And we need to start listening to them because we aren't, and it's not fixing anything. So this is one example. If you're an Irish person, want to start making tr- small differences, talk to your friends because this is like that rhetoric that I hate traveler children, whatever, that is not an uncommon thing to say. Like someone said that and you would not necessarily bat an eye um, it's become so much more socially acceptable than it should be to hate on Irish travelers in the traveling community. And that needs to be gone. And of course, that sort of intertwines with um, Romani people and the issues that they face. However, this is specific to the traveling community within Ireland. Um, so if you're looking for something local to start small, look in your local area and tr- figure out, you know, try and find out. Did, first of all, because you will need to do this, look at your own biases when it comes to Irish travelers. And try and sort them out. Realize that you might be, you know, a little bit insane. A little bit uh influenced by what is considered socially acceptable, even though it shouldn't be. So, you know, look at that stuff. So that is one example of a cause that you want to start locally in Ireland. Look into that.
0: Yeah. And again, just talk to your friends about it. And what it means like talking to your talking to your friends is that I love starting conversations instead of flying in with like oh that's not right I'd be like oh what do you mean by that yeah that's, that's actually stumble. that's why it
1: was a conversation that I had I was like elaborate <laughs> on that point please I would yeah. like you to explain that to me a little bit further and then he kind of went uh, and I was like yeah exactly you should not have said that you definitely should not have said that you need to look at your own biases you need to reevaluate your life choices if you have lived your life to this point thinking that that was an okay thing to say
0: yeah and honestly you can learn a lot about people if you just ask questions about things and i find it's it's only always interesting when i hear people like well i didn't know they were like that i'm like you never asked them you never asked them
1: <laughs> you didn't you didn't know because you didn't want to know i'm sorry but you know
0: yeah and i want to make it very clear like when it comes to changing again, having your circle influence and influencing the people around you. I don't mean like getting cuddled up with like racists and sexists and all the other isms. Um, But what I'm getting at is that sometimes you, I don't want to say you don't have a choice, but especially in the case of family members and if you're young, a lot of people don't have a lot of choice, right? Or if they live in a very rural area where God help if you could find a um, a like-minded friend, you kind of have to work with the cards that you're dealt There's a tarot pun there for you. But you have to deal with the cards that you are dealt and kind of navigate around that, really. Because I know that people have come across some ignorant people and they've done their best to kind of help change their mind and end up falling apart completely. And I think that comes into that sometimes people will tell you what they think you want to hear and it's not necessarily what they're... Hate saying this because it sounds cheesy, but it's what their truth is, right? And there's nothing wrong with dropping friends. Um, I know that I'm talking from a wizened age at this point, but friends come and go. And it always sucks when people leave. But honestly, if you are fighting for the right thing, you're not going to have a whole lot of problems finding friends, especially like minded friends. If somebody is a real fucking asshole you don't need them around surround yeah. yourself with the people that are important to you
1: absolutely um also one thing that i want to correct myself one on i said rose marie McGohan. her name is actually rose marie mahan uh my mistake i will link that so i cannot find the other person yet but i will be continuing to look
0: <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> we are so prepared Oh, We're like so prepared, the most prepared. Um, one last thing, um, that I want to get on my soapbox about. Um, if you like rallies, fantastic. I hate rallies. I think they're dumb.
1: Wait, hate what? Uh, rallies. Rallies. Oh my yeah. god. Okay, sorry. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I dislike them because, and I'll tell you the main reason why I dislike them. Again, I see the value in them because they awareness what i don't like about them is that people show up to these rallies they get loud they have their posters and they take pictures of their posters um and then they ignore the issue for the rest of their life
1: yeah that is a huge problem i think the rallies do have their benefits but mm, a lot of the time they are taken advantage of for clout and for posts you can make on social media
0: it get to the point where I got ex- basically invited to every rally ever by like mm-hmm. one or two activists. And I'm just like, how do you have the time to care about all this? I'm like, cause you don't. <laughs> because you don't. You,
1: you, you don't care about it. So you, you find the time to look good and that's it.
0: Yeah. Um, so and again, this is just me. I'm being on my soapbox right now. But if you're the type of person that only like, go to rallies, no. If you are something important, like let's just say you're going to like, a homeless coalition rally and you're fighting for homeless rights, um, are you going to the soup kitchen? Are you making donations? Are you donating your clothes to the, um, homeless people? Um, and some of you will say, absolutely, because they did it once four fucking years ago. No, what are you doing uh-huh. that is consistent? That's not you the doing thing. That You're not, not an activist.
1: If you have only done one thing, you're not an activist. If you've done one thing once and call it a day, that is not activism. That is, that is something else that is mildly helpful at one point. But when these issues are systemic and these issues are still being faced by all of these people every single day, you donating a single hoodie to a homeless shelter, I'm sorry. That is not activism. That is not, that is barely even useful.
0: Yeah. And it's, comes into is uh why are you doing this are you doing it to soothe yourself to feel better than other people um or are you doing it for the right reasons because again if that's when it comes to like i said if you were going to all these rallies then you don't really care about anything because you are actually not putting in the time to actually make any real difference
1: Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i do agree with that and with that Honestly, I think I have said my piece. I will step down off of my soapbox.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and with that being said, as as always, when we talk about these kind of tough situations, like I don't want to invalidate anybody because the things that we're complaining about on the flip side of the coin, there is value there, and if you find value in it, run with it. Um, If you're insulted by this, anything that we said frankly that's probably you have to reflect on why you're insulted by that because if we hit a nerve that's on you not on us Mm -hmm. really um but if
1: you're insulted by something we've said this episode cope
0: (laughs) yeah get some copium um because honestly if it's hitting a nerve because if i were to listen to this podcast and i was just like oh that that pertains to me hmm, i should probably figure that out then and feel like if i give a shit or don't Because if you're doing the right thing, then you shouldn't give two flying fucking turtle shits about what we're saying here. If it does bother you, then maybe you need to think about that for a minute. minute. Mm -hmm. And that's on you, not on us. So I don't want to hear anything in our frigging comment section. Otherwise, I will find you and I will pee on your shoes.
1: That is so, so nice. I was going to say slap the shit out of you for being a dumb bitch. Um, and with that, <laughs> thank you very much for listening, everybody. We will see you on Monday. Yes, it is Friday. Uh, we will see. We will see you on Monday. I have been Ola and Kailuk. You can find me on Twitter, and that is it. You can also find me on the Suit Series T Twitter, and you know it's all in the description. You'll find
0: it so while owen's over here being a twitter slut i can't handle it and i am a instagram hoe so you will find me at venoxus and you will find me at susayer underscore t on insta bye
1: bye